Hi, I'm Tina Spangler with TLC Barrels, and today I'm going to tell you the top 10 things that I can help you improve on if you attend a clinic, a lesson, or join my virtual coaching group. So whether you're near or far, I can help you. And these are the top 10 things that I see the most in my clinics, lessons, and coaching group that I help people with every single time. So number one would be equipment. Um, saddle fit is one. I like to throw a saddle on a horse's back without a saddle pad and see how it fits. Is it level? If it's pointing upwards, it could be too narrow. If it's pointing downwards, it could be too wide of a tree. Um, if it's pinching when you put your hand laid uh, flat underneath, palm up anywhere, that could be an issue for a horse. Uh, dry spots under a saddle pad uh, might be an indication or white hairs of a saddle that doesn't fit well, sore backs, uh, those kind of things. Um, you might want to look at your saddle pads. That can help a lot too, especially if your horse doesn't have a normal back but has custom needs. So um, I also look at uh, rein length. Often people are riding with really long reins that go behind the saddle horn and that does not help them. Uh, when they go to make a turn or go to the horn, their hands get out of position or there's a delayed reaction. I personally like to train in split reins and compete in short barrel reins. Um, there's all different types out there. There's the leather English type that are ribbed. There's the cable, nylons. Um, you know, there's, there's the leather suede covered. Um, there's a lot of nice ones that have good grip and don't stretch. My least favorite are probably the knotted because they're always stretching out and you're always adjusting them. Um, but if you do need a knot, just so you know where to place your hands for like kids, you can always put tape there or tie a knot in your rein, whatever works for you until you learn to have your hands consistent on your own. And that helps with like kids or novice riders, uh, putting a piece of tape there or something to that effect. So, um, stirrup length that matters. If they're too short, they'll throw you over the withers. If they're too long, you can't post or sit well in your turns or get up leaving your turns. Um, so looking at that is helpful. Um, I talk about nutrition, about quality hay and not overdoing it on the supplements or the feed um, because that can just lead to issues and um, those kind of things. Um, we talk about vet inferior and Cairo as needed as well. Um, for instance, if you have a horse that seems a little off, you don't want to run them, you need to get them checked out. Or maybe you have a horse that won't flex one way as well as the other for a cue, but can for a cookie, for a cookie stretch, then you know it's more of a training issue than a uh, physical issue. So we go through a lot of that. So that's the number one thing is the equipment, care, nutrition, etc. The second thing, I try to check the equipment on horses um, every time I see them for a lesson or uh, come for a clinic in the morning before we get started. Also, um, virtual coaching, you can send me pictures of your equipment or show me uh, how it looks on your horse with a video, etc. So um, again, bits and all that's going to be very individual based on the rider's hands, the, the kind of feel that they like and what the horse likes and what the horse needs. So um, whether you need more bends, stiffer, more rate, less rate, um, all of those things. So 
<clears throat> let's see here. The second thing um, I can help people with, which is really important, is rider's cues and your horse's foundation. So a lot of times riders um, have an inside leg on when they should take it off and have the outside leg on or they're pulling with their hands and not releasing. So I go over all of that, uh, where you should be looking, how you should use your body, your hands, your legs, your voice, um, when, uh, timing and feel for that. So, um, and that takes time, especially if you're just starting. It's not something you're gonna master in a, a day, a month, a year, it takes time. But if you start out with a solid foundation and understand form to function, what your cues mean, it really helps you and your horse communicate. So once the rider cues are super solid in your dry work and your drills, um, as I mentioned, there's five rider cues. There's also five cues for the horse, the face, the neck, the shoulder, or five body parts we want to control. So for the person, it's the eyes, the voice, the body, the hands, and the legs. For the horse, we want the, the face, the neck, the shoulder, the ribs, and the hip. If we get those five things, we'll start connecting to their mind and also hoof placement so we can put their feet where we want them, when we want them. So all of those things are super important and um, a foundation is probably the most important thing you need in a barrel horse and also something you will go back to your entire career, back to basics. Because horses come untrained. It's a very high adrenaline forward sport. So you need to go back to uh, collection, suppleness, um, all of that. Spend 80% on your time on making a light, responsive, supple horse and, you know, the least amount of time on the actual maneuvers. So the actual pattern, but yet more on your team building with your horse. So uh, the third thing I can really help you with would be uh, drills to improve your performance. Um, there's a lot of drills that I'll have you do for different things, maybe spirals for collection and transitions, maybe the D pattern for a horse that needs more rate or fluidity or for a rider to learn how to use their body more effectively with their horse. Um, maybe single barrel again, so that riders learn to ride their quarter turns and what their hips and shoulders mean to their horse and how to apply leg as needed so that you have a fluid motion in competition. Um, you know, all lefts, all rights might be a good one for horses that want to get stiff and shouldery and cut you off going into a turn and get them focused on riding a circle around the barrel and perfect straight lines, take away some of the anticipation and make for more natural transitions. Um, there's a lot of things, figure eights, poles, funnels, windmills, so many drills that I offer but I base it upon what I'm seeing going on with a horse and a rider to give them something else to work on away from the pattern that will improve performance. So that's another thing. The fourth item is my TLC program on the barrel pattern. I have a specific arc I think certain horses should go to based on their size, style, and stride. And then I have my three spots in the turns, even though each barrel is different, first barrel is a three-quarter turn and you come to it from the alleyway with more adrenaline and an arc. Second barrel, you have to move over, change leads, and it's a full turn. And then, of course, third barrel, you stay on the same uh, lead and it's a straight line, but it's only a half a circle. But each have their own challenges. Second, maybe horses want to anticipate. First, they might want to slice or get by. 
Uh, third, they might do the same thing. They may get by or slice in or want to blow out because they get to run home. Um, so each one has challenges, places you need to look and ride, like in the hole or make sure you get to your pivot spot before you get up and ask your horse to leave so that you can leave powerful and straight set up well and cover the less, the least amount of real estate for an effective straight line to your next barrel or home. So all of those things are super important and I go over. Um, the uh, fifth thing would be cues um, of go, rate, and turn. The timing and feel that's needed because it's like a dance team when you're with your horse. You're the guy, they're the girl, and you ask, they follow. You do not do their job for them. You let them do their job. So again, it's got to be say when and let them work. So, um, you know, you want to have the timing and feel and that relationship built with your horse so they clearly understand at all speeds and all um, levels of education with speed and adrenaline, etc. Go cue, rate cue, and turn cues off the lightest of energy. So the sixth thing I'd like to help you with is proper warm-ups and approaches to the alleyway um, and going in the alleyway based on if you have a hot horse or a laid back horse. Those are really important and can make or break your run. The seventh thing, excuse the cat in the background. Um, the seventh thing is uh, visualizing, um, getting to the barrel race and planning your uh, execution of that run in that particular pattern. So when you sign up, you can kind of get the lay of the land, the stakes and the timers and all of that, and really visualize um, how you plan to handle that. Maybe how your horse might respond based on where the barrels are placed in the arena. You know, are they on the fence? Are they out in the open? Are there things that might distract them? Tractors, bulls, banners, people, smoke from a barbecue, who knows what. So you kind of get the lay of the land. Visualize yourself positively executing a perfect run from the alleyway back to the timers, through the timers. Um, see the entire run in your mind's eye. Um, and then when you warm up, that's a time to just really bond with your horse, pilot to co-pilot, make sure things are working. And then you should have the moments before your run, you should have a routine that gives you calm focus and um, gets your horse relaxed as well. And everybody's going to be slightly different, but a lot of it has to do with breathing and centering and meditating, petting your horse, maybe saying a little prayer, um, you know, just keeping it relaxed and fun and in the moment and not overthinking it. Once you've seen it run, clear your mind. And as you head to the alleyway, you may be one-handed rubbing your horse's butt on the way there to keep them relaxed and calm. And then as you go to two hands in the alleyway and prepare to give them their go cue, you need to know when is the best time from the back of the alley, at the mouth of the arena, walk, trot, lope, or more of a wake them up more of a keep them calm and creep in. Um, every horse is going to be unique that way as well. Um, and then when you do go down the alleyway, you shouldn't be overthinking your run, but yet focus on maybe one or two important things that you need to get done for your individual teamwork. And for me, usually just thinking of riding to my arc and spot one and two was all I needed to do and everything else I did in the moment. But if I was on a client horse or a young horse, I might think um, sit early or talk to them or use my legs or soft hands or whatever, you know, so what pick one or two things that are important that that horse needs from you and execute it. And, um, and that's important as well. When you're setting goals, competition, um, 
you know, just pick one thing that you want to really do well and just try to, you know, not overthink it and try to do everything perfect and let that be your win. Um, don't be so hard on yourself and just find the good in each run. And then you can always go and look at pictures and videos later and say, okay, this is what I need to execute next time. So learn from your runs and then go and practice for the next one. So mental game is extremely important and something I talk about throughout my clinics lessons and always in my virtual group with um, group with skill challenges and mindset challenges. So number eight would be shaving valuable tenths off of your time. There are secrets that I can share in a horse's foundation and also on the pattern where you can shave off tenths just by how how. Uh, responsive your horses and athletic and the fact that you can change where you rate and turn in order to get a little bit more out of a horse um, you know we want two strides of rate and two strides around each barrel but where we ask for it can make a difference of a couple tenths in each barrel and shave off a half a second for you so those things are really important and I go into that a lot in my program um, number nine would be tuning up on the pattern, um, I can show you some different drills to do on the actual pattern that improve your um, your horse based on what they need and based on, uh, if you listen to another podcast I did on tuning up on the barrels, those are some examples. It could be an in and out exercise, it could be straighter longer, it could be some rate work, transition work, it could be working one barrel at a time, it could be for flex and fluidity, it could be squaring the barrels. It all depends on what's going on with the horse, if they're stiff or bendy or front-endy, um, you know, too chargy, all of those things can make a difference. Um, and this comes from my experience of 29 years of dealing with 1,600 different horses. You know, no two horses are the same, and everyone's going to need a little bit of customizing I absolutely trained them all to be the same in the beginning, but then as um, as they get more finished, I will kind of let them show me if they have an efficient, effective style and it's a winning style. We absolutely will develop that. Um, but in the beginning, when they don't know, it's best to do everybody pretty much the same for four-wheel drive and super solid patterns. And then as they develop confidence, the speed comes, the styles become more um, fine-tuned and all of that. So the 10th thing is um, probably one of the most important things, and that's that perfect pattern slow work. Really understanding what your cues mean to your horse, where you want to position them, what your timing and feel should be, and this has got to be taught at a walk, a, a sit jog. Um, it's got to be taught slow because that's when the muscle memory for you and your horse is building so that when you do go fast, it's automatic for you uh, both. And that is really key. So those are the top 10 things that I can teach you in lessons, clinics, and my virtual coaching group. And I love being a coach. I've been a barrel racer since I was eight years old. Um, I've been professionally teaching with my TLC group since the early 90s. So it'll be almost 30 years now. And um, with 2022 coming, and um, I love what I do. I've been in Florida now 20, 21 years, and um, I love, love helping horses and riders become a solid team, and that's what Ride With Heart's all about. So if that's something um, that resonates with you, 
Uh, for me, it's more about the horse and putting the horse first, even though I want you to be competitive. I want you to go out there and chase your dreams and knock out all your goals. Um, you know, but I also think that the relationship with the horse and the connection with the horse, the journey is the biggest part of it all. When you look back on it after many years, those are the things you'll be most proud of. Um, the horsemanship, the relationship versus the uh, buckles and saddles and money one. But anyways, um, it's those that journey, that relationship with your horse. So, so thank you for tuning in. And as always, ride with heart and God bless. And please reach out to me on Facebook or um, any, any other way. T call me, uh, text me, message me, and um, I'd be happy to work with you. Thank you.